Hello, and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of Lord of the Rings. My name is Anna. And my name is Ellen. And in today's episode, we are discussing Book 5, Chapter 6, The Battle of the Pelennor Fields, discussing love in community. Anna, this chapter was juicy. Yes. How many times did you get goosebumps while reading? At least twice, Mm -hmm. I'd have to say. There are a couple of moments that I'm sure we'll dig into that were just very cinematic in how they play out, very powerful, just a true delight. This chapter and the next chapter are some of my favorite chapters in all of the books. I think so you I'm say really that excited. every time we record. <laughs> That's probably true, but these in particular, these are really my favorite. <laughs> oh, these ones are really your favorite? These ones are really mm. my favorite. I feel like anytime there's like a battle scene or Aragorn or something heartwarming in a speech, you're like, and this, you know, these are some of the, my favorite chapters of this book. <laughs> yes, those are those are key criteria for me mm-hmm. to love a chapter. And we received all of them in this one. So at least twice. How about yourself? I had thrice goosebumps. <laughs> I have asked you thrice. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this part is so good. Ooh, this part is so good. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was walking around. We had a beautiful fall afternoon last weekend when I was listening to the chapter. And so I was walking around just grinning at everybody in the sunshine, getting my goosebumps. That sounds so nice. Oh, that's nice. What an ideal afternoon. Yeah, nothing like a, nothing like a good Lord of the Rings on a 50 degree day, sunshine, fall leaves. I just am also so deeply envious that it's 50 degrees where you are because it is, I'm looking at a snow covered yard mm. <laughs> and it is 20 degrees here as a mm. high and it has snowed <laughs> all week. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's getting chillier. We're now getting to the point where it's below freezing overnight. But oh, it is okay. <laughs> it is still nice during the day. That sounds, that sounds lovely. I just, it, um, we had like a 70 degree day Uh and then very abruptly it was cold and wintry and then this week it snowed all weekend. I am, I have not adjusted well. I'm a maladjusted woman right Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think Lord of the Rings and I think these chapters did indeed help because my, my qualms seem paltry when compared to what everybody else is dealing with this week well i love cold weather and today's theme is love so Mm -hmm. did you bring a story to tell us around the theme of love in community i did and it's a little shorty one all right so i think you know like love happens in like big moments and small moments and sometimes i think we forget how important small moments can be like little little demonstrations to show you love someone or that you're being thought of is it are so lovely and sometimes so powerful in a way that big sweeping gestures can be but um i just i think sometimes our small moments get overlooked right because they're not as they're not as cinematic they're not as hallmark movie worthy they're but they they feel more intimate and so some of the times that i've felt the most seen and the most cared for have been in those small moments. And there is one that stuck out to me as I thought about this theme. So I'm maybe a sophomore, maybe a junior in college. I'm living with 
uh, my very best friend, who's I could gush about for days and won't. And we are on our way to meet some folks. And I had uh, met these folks previously and just like really didn't vibe with one of them. Like, felt that they were kind of a, a jerk, a little arrogant. Like, I just wasn't excited about going to meet them. But I was excited about seeing the other person. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, we're going to kind of buck up and figure this out. We're on our way to the space and I'm kind of talking through my anxieties, right? Like I'm already kind of an anxious person. And so I was just like, had shared some concerns that I had with, with my friend. And as we got into like a conversation with folks, met them, kind of got settled in the space where we were going to be hanging out. I started to feel some of those feelings and was just like, we're going to be here for a long time. (laughs) I've got to work through this. And it must have been so apparent to my friend that I was feeling uncomfortable because all of a sudden uh, she goes, do you want to go grab some food? And I was like, oh, yeah, that would be great. Like, let's go get some food. We'll get settled. And as we're walking away, I was like, thank you for asking. I just like I was kind of getting caught off guard by the thing that this person was saying. And she goes, yeah, I know. I saw. I knew that you were uncomfortable. So I thought maybe it would be helpful if we just went and got some food. And I was like, oh, so kind. (laughs) That was really kind. And it was done in such a careful way, right, where it like didn't need to be a big thing it it was um socially acceptable for us to just like kind of grab some food and i just i felt so seen and so cared for in such a special way by this person that i like loved and respected and i think about that moment a lot of times and it it might not even register in her memory but it was one of those times where i was like she's the greatest (laughs) i love her for this moment this is why we're friends But I think, you know, and I have innumerable examples with her and with my partner of like having expressed that something was a worry to me, them taking that on and wanting to make that feeling smaller for me by by showing and showing me that they loved me. And so it's just it's such a nice those are nice moments. Those are the moments that I just really relish. I love that quiet caretaking that's uh-huh. that's occurring there and i think that is a really key part of a successful relationship and if you don't if you don't have that i guess why are you there <laughs> you know if you're not going to be with someone who's going to be nice to you and and look out for your own interests as well as theirs that's not a loving relationship and it's it's something that like we may not always get quite right But I think there's a way to kind of have that conversation in a loving and intentional way when you're not in situations that may call for that kind of action that allow you to just like get on the same page about what would be helpful, you Mm -hmm. know? And I know that I've had to have those conversations in a couple other spaces because we have a tendency to love in the way that we want to be loved. And that isn't always something that has the impact we intend it to. And so having some conversations can make that a little bit easier, especially like in this situation where my friend knew that I was really worried about this. I had talked about it, had probably talked about it at length. We were living together, so there's probably no escaping it. And it just, it helped me to feel that she had really listened and that my concerns were valid. And then she provided a really lovely, not solving of the problem, certainly, but just a nice 
moment of care in mm-hmm. the midst of dealing with something that was a little anxiety inducing for me and that was just delightful that's so nice it was you should tell her <laughs> i'm not i'm not text her after this yeah well that was a really wonderful heartwarming story I listen to this podcast called the Very Well Mind podcast, and they do these little mini Friday episodes of like just a short thing that you can do to improve your overall mental well-being. Mm. And this last Friday's was to think of not things you are grateful for, but people you are grateful for. And sort of the bonus, the bonus item was to tell that person either via text or like write them a letter, give them a call and tell them that I am grateful for you. Mm. so i feel like you could you could do that that podcast's action item um (laughs) just entirely co-opt this other (laughs) material i love that though and i think you know we often get so wrapped up in our own world and i feel like we've talked about this before on the podcast so listeners my apologies if i've said this before but let this be a reminder that we get caught up in our own worlds a lot and and for very real reasons And sometimes, unintentionally, we don't say the things that need to be said as often as they need to be said, right? Mm -hmm. And that includes being really grateful and being really loving towards folks in our lives that are important to us. And that may be like a romantic partner, but in particular, it's also our friends, you know? And it's maybe it's our family or our chosen family. Just to express that is a really bold and powerful act. And it often means that you receive it in return as well. So just just your gentle reminder to tell the people that you love that you love them. Mm-hmm. Which is not the action item, <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> but it could be. But it could be. You're getting so many action items this episode, y'all. So before we get into the action item, examples, the whole thing, we got to know what happened. And so many things happened mm-hmm. this episode. Um, So, Ellen, would you please share with us what happened in the chapter? Gladly. So, the chapter begins with us jumping back to King Ringwraith, Witch King of Angmar, Captain, etc. You know who he is. He's at the gate. And he senses that something is amiss. What is it? Who knows? We do. So then, we're back in the eyes of... Theoden and his team, sort of like an omniscient view. Theoden and his company are just riding around the field, slaying foes, knocking people down left and right. But then we figure out where King Ringwraith went. He went and got his flying Nazgul. So he swoops down upon Theoden and all of the king's men either run away or their horses run away and Snowmane... God bless Snowmane, just falls right over on top of Theoden. Not great. But, like, also would have done the same. Yeah. So, no shade, Snowmane. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk later about that little poem they gave Snowmane <laughs> because I thought it was so funny. But anyway, so Snowmane lying on top of Theoden. Theoden is forsaken except for the last man standing, Durnhelm. But wait! Is it Durnhelm? No, it's Eowyn. (gasps) Surprise. No one saw this coming. This was an entirely unprecedented situation. Yes. 
So now we have Eowyn standing between the Nazgul, the Ringwraith, and Theoden. And this is where we get the the bomb-ass quote, no living man am I. And she decapitates the Nazgul as it tries to, like, bite her. So the Ringwraith comes towards Eowyn. And then in a combo move, both Mary and Eowyn vanquish this king. So he is brought down, it's true, by no living man by a hobbit, and by Eowyn. So then, unfortunately, Theoden dies, asking to see Eomer and lamenting that he can't see Eowyn. Mary is unable to voice that, wait, Eowyn's right here, and Theoden dies, saying, all right, Eomer, you're the king now. Eomer watches Theoden dies, and then he sees, he, like, looks to his left and sees Eowyn, presumably dead, and flies into this sort of rage state, runs away. The crew take both Eowyn and Theoden's bodies back to the castle, but then Imrahle runs up and he's like, no, no, she's not dead. Look, she's breathing on my shiny wrist gauntlet. I'm not dead yet. (laughs) I'm not dead yet, (laughs) is what Eowyn says. Then the ship's... Whose ships? We don't know. These dark ships are coming up the water. But wait! Aragorn's standard is unfurled on the ship. He jumps off the ship with all of these crewmen, etc. Meets Aomer on the field of battle, as he said. And then at the end, there's like a page-long song for the dead. I think this meeting between Aragorn and Aomer is hilarious because... When I think about it, when I think about it, mm-hmm. there's this like sprawling battle mm-hmm. that's happening behind them. And then there's these two guys who are like, oh, hey, <laughs> told you I'd be meeting here. you here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, oh, my God, so great to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a couple moments throughout this chapter that I just it uh, reminded me how wild like war is and possibly more importantly, was, Mm -hmm. that you have these, like, major battles, but really, I mean, they're over so much distance, and it's all hand-to-hand combat that you do kind of have this opportunity, if you're not in the fray, Mm -hmm. to, like, bury a horse, have a conversation with someone that's kind of casual, and then, like, get back to it, which is just kind of a funny change of pace in my mind. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The, The chapter was definitely a roller coaster in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Mary has such a long, relatively, conversation with Theoden laying mm-hmm. there, just casually. Okay, so that's what happened. And now I mm-hmm. think it's time to talk about your examples of where you saw love in this chapter. Okay. I Because it was a short chapter, I have just a few. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we're back to our page math. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> on page da, 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 my 141 before Durnhelm is revealed to be Eowyn we have this first moment of Theoden being not utterly forsaken and quote Durnhelm the young faithful beyond fear and he wept for he had loved his lord as a father so the sort of feeling of love from Durnhelm, who we know to be Eowyn, towards King Theoden, 
um, and really that being the strength mm-hmm. from which she derives her ability to face down the king of Angmar. So just kind of a lovely, a lovely moment and one of the first and I think maybe most direct usage of the word love. Mm, mm-hmm. Then on page 144, as King Theoden is passing, he says to Mary, quote, Where is Aomer? For my eyes darken and I would see him ere I go. And he, he must be king after me. And I would send word to Eowyn. She, she would not have me leave her. And now I shall not see her again, dearer than daughter. So Theoden, on his uh, deathbed, is thinking about the people that he loves and is asking to see Eomer, both, I think, logistically and also from a, a care standpoint. And Eowyn, of course, because he loves her so much. Yeah, I don't think we get a lot of information about where Aomer and Aowen's parents are, but I really love the relationship that is very paternal between Theoden and those two. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised that Theoden is like, no, my my other children, those who are like children to me. Right. And it's just, I'm mad. And this is something that the movie gives us that the book doesn't. The movie gives us that parting moment with Aowen. Mm-hmm. And the book is like, nope. <laughs> She's right over there and he doesn't know. Right. And I mean, I can only imagine because this is Mary's really, I mean, aside from the the battle at Isengard, right? This is like his first man-to-man battle. Mm-hmm. And so I can only imagine like you've pledged your allegiance to this man. There's chaos around you. You're trying to sort of process. And, and he's wounded a bit as well, right? Having taken down the, the Wraith King. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, in this space of trying to communicate information. And I'm sure, right, in that space, that's a very challenging thing to do in a timely way and in a direct way Mm -hmm. to kind of put King Theoden at ease. But from an outside perspective, I was like, just say say she's right there. Just say it. (laughs) Like, just let him know so he can be, like, at peace. But Mm -hmm. it is what it is. I don't know. Maybe he would be less at peace because he'd be like, wait, why is she here? (laughs) Right. That's true. That's a good point. Okay, so then also on page 145, Aomer has been granted kingship. And then, as you noted in your recap, he looks over to see Aowen, and a fey mood took him. Yes. So, quote, Aowen, Aowen, he cried at last. Aowen, how come you here? What madness or devilry is this? Death, 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 take us all. And I think um, this is kind of a, a striking moment, again, to not only show the relationship between Aomer and King Theoden, but Aomer and Aowen as well, that Aomer is so overcome with his grief in a way that perhaps he wasn't even for King Theoden, that he's driven into this very chaotic, very sort of grief-based mm-hmm. manic situation. Right, because he should just go over and see if she's alive, would be my recommendation. Right. Right. First aid would tell us, check and see how she's doing. Yeah. She's fine-ish. She's not dead yet. Like, she's not thriving. No. But she is okay. Yes. (laughs) And then my last example that I really saw was on page 146. 
And I think Mary here is really embodying the smaller care moments that I talked about a little bit at the beginning. So it starts on my page 145. Quote, And still Mariadoc the Hobbit stood there blinking through his tears, and no one spoke to him. Indeed, none seemed to heed him. He brushed away the tears and stooped to pick up the green shield that Eowyn had given him, and he slung it at his back. And he kind of just has this moment of, like, picking up the pieces mm-hmm. from this moment and trying to gather himself. And it's it's a much quieter morning, but it feels much more intimate for that response, right? Like, Eowyn has carried him into battle. He thinks her dead. He's now, like, gathering the things that that she gave him. And to me, that just feels so uh, loving. It is loving, and I'm glad you're calling us to that moment. I am just still mad that no one except for Prince Amrahil has gone over to actually look at her. Like, everyone mm-hmm. went around Theoden and was like, oh, there he is, giving us his final words. And she's just laying over there with, like, a broken arm and some sort of magical dark wound. And they're like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> like just go look just go just like confirm look right it feels so strange to me i don't know i think in part it's that as i imagine it that though she though her wounds seem pretty minor like externally other than obviously the dark wound it i I have to imagine that she's breathing very shallowly Mm -hmm. and that's why Prince Imrahil has to, like, go up and, like, prove that there is breath escaping her. Mm-hmm. And that I think it's also, right, a little bit of an underestimation of her Yeah, they're like, well, power. she's definitely dead. No way would she right. make it through that. Yeah, she, like, definitely doesn't have the skill. And it's like, mm, boo, she saved this whole thing. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but... Yeah, so I think, you know, one of our other action items might be, like, just check. Mm-hmm. Just if you're not sure, what's the harm in taking an extra moment and checking? <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my examples. Again, it was a pretty brief chapter, and there was a lot that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the examples of love that we saw were really strong bonds um and they're wrapped up in grief which is uh is a really powerful moment to remember how what love feels like and i think sometimes again we we don't always appreciate the space it takes up in us until we feel its loss Mm -hmm. yeah it there's a lot of loss in this chapter and i think Mm -hmm. you're right that it does draw more attention to the main loving relationships here which i think it's the triad of aomer aon and theoden but mary Mm -hmm. as well because he he feels a lot of love and devotion for this family Mm -hmm. absolutely should we move on to our our quotes hashtag twt yes let's do some talk twt time <laughs> i imagine that both of us have at least one of the same quotes uh, I, I i'll leave it out and i'll let you take it 
I'll let you take okay. it because I have two others. <laughs> okay. I have I have two. Okay. My first one is on pa- my page 114, which is like the middle-ish of the chapter. And it's mm-hmm. from the Witch King of Angmar. <laughs> and he's mm. telling Eowyn why she can't stand between the Nazgul and his prey. Mm-hmm. And it's he says, quote, he will bear thee away to the houses of lamentation. <laughs> And I'm like, this girl has been in the house of lamentation for the last 22 years. She is unhappy at home. She wants to be out here. I'm like, try me, try me. And that's basically what Aowen says. <laughs> it's like, come on, try me. And I just thought that was such a funny, like, high drama, very Denethorian, like, ah, the mm. houses of lamentation. And she's just not happy yet. So that was my first quote. And I love that, too, because it's, like, that's what you dreamed up as, like, my real... It's, like, I'm going to lament things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, he does go a little bit further, and he's, like, thy flesh shall be devoured, and thy shriveled mm-hmm. mind be left naked to the lidless eye. But the Houses of Lamentation also sounded, like, maybe a little Catholic. And I'm, like, she's fine. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit like um like Our Lady of Lamentation. The pit of despair. <laughs> but yeah, like don't lead with that. I mean just start with the whole like and into beyond the darkness yeah. and then the shriveled mind bit. Like that's a much that's a much harder line. Mm-hmm. Like start there, you know. That was my first quote. Thought it was mm-hmm. funny. Aelin was not amused. My second quote is on my page one twenty two. Towards the end of the chapter. This is after Aomer thinks Aowen is dead. And he runs up to a green hillock and there set his banner. And this is one of my goosebump moments where he like cries out this little uh, refrain. And it ends with, quote, now for wrath, now for ruin and a red nightfall. I just thought that was high drama and I mm-hmm. loved it. Everyone's got good speeches here. Yes, and the men are certainly bringing the drama. Yes, yeah, they're like, could this be a movie? It's like main character energy. They're all like, I Mm -hmm. am in a movie. (laughs) What should I say on the hilltop? It feels a little bit like playing at war as opposed to like, I mean, they are actually doing things. I don't want to discredit that entirely, but it does feel a little bit like the almost romantic romanticizing of this moment to be like and now it will be written down in speeches Mm, and mm -hmm. song and you're like all right (laughs) you have energy for this (laughs) apparently yeah we gotta we got something to say but the wrath ruin in a red nightfall i liked it good alliteration it's a great quote yeah which ones do you have well unsurprisingly yeah lay it on us i have the exchange between the witch king angmar and eowyn where she declares herself no man yes and uh i'm just i'm really excited to read it to you all but i will not do it justice so like let's just like play in our minds well, buckle how up great how amazing this is going to be eowyn says do what you will but i will hinder it if i may and then the witch king angmar which i imagine sounds like some really old witch but maybe deeper is like hinder me thou fool no living man may hinder me (laughs) yes he is like a withered british parliamentarian at heart (laughs) 
shouting down the opposition. And then, right, we get a little bit of a drama leading up to the quote. So it seemed that Dernhelm laughed and the clear voice was the ring of steel. But no living man am I. You look upon a woman. Eowyn I am. Eowyn's daughter. And I was like, boom, this is so good. I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. (laughs) And then, like, later in that same quote, because, like, she gives a whole speech. Oh, yeah. And this speech feels, like, so rooted in my bones that I love it so much. But she ends it with, for living or dark undead, I will smite you if you touch him. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. (laughs) It's the meme of all those teens going like, oh, yes. (laughs) yes and that is exactly what i imagine it's just it's you know for her to have been living in the houses of lamentation and then to like claim this moment for her to reference her lineage Mm -hmm. to stand in her power is just like this is well maybe that's another example this is her loving herself Mm -hmm. and knowing her own worth and i get goosebumps i'm getting goosebumps now talking about it because it's just such in defiance of this like pure evil thing right and it's it's so powerful it's so good i think maybe it runs in the the lineage of the rohirrim that they just give these dramatic speeches they're like we are in crisis. I am an orator, and I'm going to tell you how I feel before doing these these deeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Before we depart this page, I want to ask you, because you listened to it, there's a, another statement from who we think at the time is Dernhelm, mm-hmm. and it's Begone Foul Dwimmer Lake. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I stumbled across that word and just was like, I, there's no, I have no pronunciation. Guidance. Well, and the guy who's reading it to me is British. So I never know, like, is he leaving out a letter because it's a non-rhotic language or is it actually not there? But yeah, I mm. remember him saying like, Dwimmer Lake, Dwimmer Lake. Okay. Lord of Carrion. Yes. So good. All right. And then uh, page 151. Mm-hmm. We have this exchange between Aragorn and Aomer. And their little catch up on the top of the hill. (laughs) Their little catch up at the top of the hill being like, boom, you didn't think I was going to show up. Here I am. And I come with like uh, reinforcements. And Aomer was like, yeah, you said that. But I like had no, I couldn't believe that. Like I had no hope that you'd make it here. Quote, yet twice blessed is help unlooked for. Mm. Yeah, that was a good one. And I just like that line. And never was a meeting of friends more joyful. And I was like, never was a meeting of friends more joyful? <laughs> really? All right. Tells us a little bit about Aomer. <laughs> Maybe take a sabbatical after He this. has also been in the Houses of Lamentation. Like, we need a party. <laughs> right, right. A long-awaited party from the Houses of Lamentation. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And those are my quotes. Ugh, so good. We didn't talk about my my third. So obviously the first two Goosebump moments is Eowyn's whole battle, then Eomer's mm-hmm. rallying cry. And my my third is the unfurling of the flag of Aragorn. <gasps> it's so it's good. It's so good when they're like, oh my God, another foe has come. And then it's like, but wait. <laughs> and sweet, sweet Eomer 
throws up his sword and catches it like he's just graduated college. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> Aragorn is here. And I just right. love that moment. There's a lot There's a lot to take yes. in at that exact time. Um, but I think it's also, right, like the first, other than the sword, right, remaking the sword and sort of claiming that and then also claiming the um, fulfillment of oaths mm-hmm. that happens in the paths of the dead. This is really like the first time that Aragorn shows up claiming his lineage in like a big, big way, right? Like he's got his flag flying, literally. I feel like it's happened, like we've had a little pinch of it in each of the subsequent chapters because the other one mm-hmm. that I'm thinking of is when he looks into the seen stone of Orthanc uh, and he's yes. like I have unveiled myself to that one bad guy and now here it's like mm-hmm. and now I'm unveiling myself to all the bad guys and right. What's I up? love it <laughs> so good such an incredible such an incredible moment I love this chapter so much <laughs> oh is this your favorite chapter <laughs> Okay, well, (laughs) yeah, kinda. (laughs) All right, well, we have, I think, spoken through all of the things in the chapter that we would like to discuss. We dwelled appropriately on Eowyn's moment of triumph. Mm -hmm. And now perhaps we should transition to your action item um i know we've given the readers or the listeners like two preview items but what's what's the actual action item for this this episode my action item is to ask someone you care about what their love language is Hmm. have that intimate conversation see what they would make them feel cared for um and then of course after that like maybe also do some of those things that's a very nice action item Thank you. What is what is your love language? Honestly, it's uh, having someone recognize things that need to be done without being asked and then taking care of it. Mm. Because I have such an anxious mind that if someone can just like take away one of the things that I'm worried about and I didn't have to like ask or plan or do whatever, that's really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Same. Mine is acts of service. It's so mm-hmm. nice when people do things for you. And then you don't have to do them. <laughs> and then you don't have to do them. Yeah, it's it's lovely. Well, thank you for this this conversation. Uh, what a joy. What a joy to talk through all of all of these moments of love. Absolutely. With someone you love. Oh, sweet. Oh, it's pretty sweet. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast was brought to you by The Lust of Battle and a Young Unscathed King. Our music is by Robert Son and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in Fellowship.
Take one. <laughs> Take one. <laughs>